Today's episode of We Went Blues is brought to you by Game Time. Okay, folks, time for a little pop quiz. Do you think the Blues tickets are cheaper three weeks or three hours before the game? You can find the answer with Game Time, the ticket buying app that proves patience is more than just a virtue. It can save you some serious cash. Game Time is the leader in last minute tickets. Pick your deal, see the view from where you're sitting, and buy in two taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. So download GameTime in the App Store or Google Play, work that clock to your advantage, and score last-minute tickets. And welcome to the first episode of We Went Blues. I'm Jeremy Rutherford from the Athletic St. Louis, and I am pleased to welcome uh, to the podcast uh, Barrett Jackman. Uh, Barrett, before we bring you in here, I got to tell everybody I didn't think you'd do this, buddy. You're a, you're a reserved, uh, respected person, and when I text you and said, uh, "Hey, Barrett, what would you think about doing a podcast with me?" I didn't expect you to say yes. Yeah. Well, sometimes you got to jump out of your comfort zone, and um, you know, I've, I've done many interviews over the radio, but uh, you know, an opportunity to talk hockey, especially blues, I, I love doing it, and uh, share a few stories about myself uh, growing up and and you know my path along the the way to the NHL. Can't wait to hear those stories. Also, get your insight inside the Blues locker room. Uh, what's going on with this team on a weekly basis? And also just, uh, I think, a former athlete, as we all know, can tell us what's happening on the ice and behind the scenes. And I think uh, I think this will be great. So I'm really excited about it. I know that uh, when I was at uh, my son's hockey practice last week, uh, some people were asking when the first podcast was going to be. And I think you said the same thing. Some people are asking you. So there's actually going to be a couple people listening to this. That kind of worries me. Yeah, two uh, two or three is, uh, is a pretty good start for us. <laughs> it really is. And a good start, too, is, is the name. Uh, we Went Blues. Uh, so when we started this project about a month and a half ago, uh, Barrett knows that uh, uh, they came to us and asked for a name. And, uh, you know, we, we threw a bunch at them. And I asked you, uh, Barrett, if you had any ideas. And, uh, you know, I think just one day sitting on the couch, I thought to myself, you know, what about uh, We Went Blues? So I suggested that to The Athletic. And uh, I didn't expect them to really run with it. Uh, but they did. Uh, what was your first thought when you heard uh, We Went Blues? Well, obviously you first think about Brad Hall. Um, but yeah, I think uh, right after the uh, the parade, uh, We Went Blues kind of uh, goes hand in hand with uh, with the celebration and just how everybody felt, uh, you know, throughout the you know the 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 finals and and the parade and and throughout the you know the first two months of the summer so you know Brett Hall uh, up on the podium uh, singing a little Gloria and we went blues uh, <laughs> kind of inspired a lot of people around St. Louis inspired uh, for sure and and for those who don't know the backstory uh, you're listening and you just have no idea what we went blues uh, means uh, Brett. Uh, went up to the podium and he said, look, we've been saying let's go Blues for 50 some odd years and the Blues uh, went and won a Stanley Cup. So now instead of let's go Blues, it's we went Blues. And, uh, you know, Barrett, you're, you're a real good friends with uh, Brett Hall. Can we say that he was having a little fun during the playoffs? 
Yeah, um, <laughs> he's uh, he's an investor in a tequila company, and uh, so he uh, was testing product before uh, going up on on stage, and uh, it just let his natural personality come out. Yeah, it really did. Um, I don't know about those the profit margin though. If uh, if he's selling the tequila and <laughs> probably consuming. Uh, most of it there, but it was a great time. And guys like Bernie Federico, Brett Hall, yourself, Kelly Chase, you guys were waiting uh, for that moment for so long. Uh, just what was that like experiencing uh, the parade and then uh, the ceremony on the arch grounds? Yeah, it was. Uh, it all started. We just kind of gathered at uh, the Enterprise Center in, in one of the suites, and um, just everybody was kind of hugging each other, saying congratulations. And even though you know the alumni weren't. Uh, we're on the ice. They were still proud and felt like uh, we had, uh, you know, a little bit to do with the history. But uh, we all gathered outside, jumped on a couple, uh, a couple of the floats, and you start to see the people uh, around the uh, around the rink. Uh, so we all jumped on those floats, and it was crazy because, uh, you know, the first little strip where you go by uh, Union Station and turn the corner, and then you, you see, you know, fifty, sixty people deep, and you're just amazed, and then. We stepped onto, or we we turned onto uh, Market Street, and there must have been 100, 150 people deep, and just going crazy and screaming. And you know, I think it was a couple of the uh, staff members went by first, and uh, the fans were just going insane. And I was, I just remember standing next to Bruce Affleck and uh, right beside Bobby Gassoff Jr. as well. And uh, Bruce came down, he he grabbed my arm, and he. He goes, I think it just sunk in, and both of us got uh, goosebumps all over our body, and uh, it was just a huge, huge ride, uh, and for the Blues uh, to allow the alumni to, to be part of it and be part of the parade was uh, uh, was pretty special. So we did think about some other names other than uh, We Went Blues, and uh, Barrett kind of surprised me. Uh, once I told him that uh, we were looking for a name, all of a sudden uh, my texts uh, just started going off, and you know he'd send me 10 at a time, and Barrett, I don't know that all those came from you. It sounded like some of them were coming from uh, a buddy of yours, but uh, let's read a few of these these names that uh, that we thought about, we considered, and, uh, and, and, and went over before we decided with uh, We Went Blues. We'll have some fun with these. Uh, crashing the boards that really goes hand in hand with uh, your career doesn't it yeah um, I ran into the boards a lot and uh, sometimes <laughs> the boards won but yeah that was that was uh, one of them uh, broken twigs was another one uh, I definitely uh, especially back when it was wooden sticks uh, broke a lot of uh, sticks over uh, people's legs and arms does that sound funny to say? I know I talked to Al McInnes a lot about that, just how far uh, sticks have come over the years. And you see the composite ones now and shoot, they're $300 or more and they break them like it's no big deal. But uh, does it sound weird to think back to the wooden sticks? Yeah, I think I had a fiberglass stick too when I was, uh, I think like 10 or 11 and uh, it was an oval shape and it was weird, but yeah, wooden sticks, and then it got to the two pieces, and then it got to the two-piece composite, and then all of a sudden they uh, took all of the work out of it and just threw them all uh, into one piece. But it is amazing the uh, the difference in a shot uh, that could be made with uh, with a one piece. But Al McKenna still stuck to the uh, to the old wood sticks and had a 108 mile an hour slap shot. So technique <laughs> has uh, something to do with it. Clear the crease. Uh, you did that very well. Up until the uh, the lockout, they changed the rules on you, and you still did it after they changed the rules, but it was a little tougher, wasn't it? 
It was. You just had to uh, kind of uh, hide it a little bit better instead of uh, two-handing guys in the back of the uh, the calves or uh, you know a cross check to the uh, to the spleen uh, or the uh, kidneys. You uh, you know you had to start using your your glove and uh, you know sharpen up your elbow a little bit and uh, just be a little bit more creative and and use uh, body position and strength a little bit more than uh, uh, violence. Yeah, those are things I never really had to worry about in the press box. Somebody coming after my spleen or anything like that. I was more worried uh, they were coming after other things, uh, but uh, never my spleen. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the snack tables there uh, get pretty competitive, <laughs> but uh, it's funny how a lot of the uh, a lot of the media members leave the uh, the mints that are at the end of the table. Yeah, <laughs> they do. They do. Uh, I did want to bring that up to you. Um, a funny story I told you uh, the other day is that in San Jose. Uh, towards the end of regulation, about the uh, five-minute mark left to go in the game, uh, the uh, intern comes by and brings a, a basket of mints. And it took me two or three games before I realized, Barrett, this was probably a player deal. I'm thinking Joe Thornton, Brent Burns, you know, one day they're in the locker room and they say to one of the interns or PR people, uh, hey, why don't we pass out some mints to those media guys at the end of the game? You think that's right? Uh, you know what? I think the players fought for that in the CBA. Actually, um, <laughs> make the uh, the media, uh, you know, maybe be sponsored by Listerine or uh, you know a different kind of uh, you know mint company. It's it's tough. Uh, the media is up there. They're drinking their coffee and they're they're eating their snacks and and whatever they're doing. And uh, they're they're trying to stay up so they can write their stories. And they come down and right away and. You get a few of those close talkers that got to ask you the question and be, uh, you know, about uh, two feet away from your face. And so it's, uh, you know, an ongoing joke in the locker room. But the, uh, yeah, the uh, the mints uh, five minutes before the end of the game are uh, definitely a player uh, requested um, little treat. See, I knew it. I knew it. And that sounds like a Seinfeld episode, close talkers. Like, is that what we're called uh, in the locker room? Is, is that the term for it? Um, yeah, everybody has their own, uh, nickname. So, um, yeah, there's a, uh, close talker, there's bad breath. There's, uh, you know, a couple other ones I, I won't say because, uh, the guys will know and we don't want to, uh, you know, it's still got to be on the media side, uh, you know, friendships. Yeah. I don't know if you're going to remember this, but, uh, you do some imitations you've done them over uh, about a couple of the media guys over the years you know i've heard you and i asked you to do me one time and and again i don't know if you remember this uh but uh, you you did it pretty good you had the microphone going and, and you always uh like to uh make fun of me for uh, the way i start out my questions and the way i do that is to just kind of say everything positive in the world before i ask the negative question at the end is that how i do it yeah, uh, yeah. You come in, uh, you know, you might make a comment about a play that they've made, and then all of a sudden you try and hit the, uh, you know, the tough question that you know everybody wants to ask. But uh, you're you're pretty good at it, to, you know, kind of building you up and then slapping you in the face and uh, making you actually say something about uh, you know a play or a, a topic you don't really want to. Yeah, so it goes something like this. It's like, uh, Barrett, gosh, you're just, you're just creaming guys. You're putting guys into the boards. Uh, you've been terrific on the penalty kill. Uh, coach is playing you a lot of minutes, and you deserve them. But what the heck happened on that Team Mussolini goal, right? Is that how it works? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Barrett, you know, you, you were great. Uh, I like the way you played, but uh, why would you turn it over there and uh, cost the, uh, the team the game? So. <laughs> 
Yeah, that, that always felt good at the end of uh, end of a game there, Jr. Yeah, what's it like when you get a question like that? Not just you know, for me over the years, but uh, you get a question like that. I mean, you want to slap the guy, or how do you even respond to that stuff? You got a job to do. You know, you have to answer the question, and you probably know you screwed up too. But uh, you know, just being one on one with somebody asking a question like that's got to be a little difficult. It's difficult, but you know that's that's part of the job. Uh, you go in there, you you have a good game, you have a bad game. Uh, normally, it was a bad game for me when the media actually talked to me, but um, <laughs> no, it was it, it's part of it. Um, you go out there and you, you you try your best, but things happen, and you know it's it's good to explain what happened too. Whether you know you you say, hey, I messed up. I I thought somebody was there and they weren't, and it was a terrible play, or you know you say, hey, the the puck went off the stanchion, or you know, a, a bad bounce off off this or, or whatever. So, you know, honesty is is a, is a thing that the fans want to hear, and and that's what the the media have their job uh, to report and and ask those tough questions, and and that's what uh, they've been doing. All right, a couple more names here. Uh, Barrett suggested to me, and uh, we did not choose them, and you might know why on this one. Uh, Puck, yeah. Um, can we can we say that? <laughs> Maybe we can say. Yeah, that. I don't know. I, I I've been wondering what the uh, the rules we we have in place here. I guess we sh- probably should ask that before we're uh, before we started. Yeah, we're probably going to censor you a few times throughout the season, I'm sure. Uh, but here's my favorite, and I'm trying to figure out who is who in this one. Uh, but you sent me the name for the podcast, Jelly and Jam, and uh, you know I'm trying to figure out is that a playoff of who we are? Is that are you just a big Jelly and Jam fan? Uh, you know what is it? Um, can you explain this one to me? Um, yeah, well, I just figured that uh, you know one of us had jam and the other one had jelly, and uh, you know we're—I uh, don't know—the the fans could probably figure this one out. But a lot of these uh, these names came from uh, a focus group that I use uh, for a lot of things, and um, it's usually Friday, Saturday night. Uh, if uh, I'm not together with these guys, we uh, uh, we got the group group text going and you know you, you got the uh the funny things uh i don't think if there's been one serious uh text thrown about in this group but um they've they've used many different uh names and and uh ideas uh that they've thrown out for me i just want to see the list of the ones that you didn't send me the ones that were uh, <laughs> passed uh, overboard on uh, jelly and jam that would have been great uh, but we yeah, feel you, like we you have you have five of them on here, and I think there was probably seventy five that uh, were, <laughs> I knew were probably it, I knew offside. It. <laughs> I knew it. Hey, do you think uh, Brett even knows there's a podcast out here called uh, We Went Blues now? No, I ran into him at the home opener. I was going to talk to him about it, but uh, he uh, he didn't really have uh, have the time. Uh, he had obligations all over the place. But uh, maybe this uh, right when we're done, I'll send him the audio and, and see what he thinks. Yeah. Hey, speaking of which, uh, when you were coming into the league, uh, he was towards the uh, the tail end, and you remember a, a handshake and a message he he told you. What was that? Yeah, uh, it was my second game in the league. Uh, it was right after uh, Chris Pronger. He, uh, I think it was uh, Eiserman that uh, he went to go hit, and Eiserman ended up going knee to knee on him, and. Prongs was out for uh, for game five, and they decided that they're going to throw a guy that hasn't even practiced with the team, uh, that's myself, and uh, put him in game five of the second round of the uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs. So, uh, you know, the game, uh, we ended up losing 2-1, and uh, Detroit went on to uh, to win the Stanley Cup that year. But 
Uh, they won the series after that game, and in the handshake uh, line, I was skating down and you know shaking hands with Fedorov and Iserman and Larionov and Chris Chelios and all these guys, and uh, I was just in an awe. I think I had a big smile on my face, even though we lost. And uh, Brett was right near the end of the uh, the handshake line, and he grabbed my hand. He put his uh, other hand on my shoulder and just looked at me. He goes, "A kid, you're going to be a great player in this league for a long time." And uh, I was beside myself and couldn't believe it. Went in the, in the locker room, and uh, so I didn't really get to uh, get to know Brett until uh, probably about eight years ago. So you know, many years after uh, this handshake happened, and I uh, still was afraid to tell him uh, that I was in awe and and all that. So I think I told his wife actually only about three or four years ago, and uh, we spent our summers together uh, up in Idaho, and and we became really good friends. But his wife almost was in tears that you know her husband was that sensitive and and would say something like that to me, and it and, and it meant so much. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we're gonna have to uh, get Brett on the show one time. You know a few players in the NHL still, right? We can. Uh... Use your Rolodex. They still call them. Yeah, we'll, and... we'll see which ones will still talk to me. But yeah, we'll we'll try. <laughs> well, this is the first episode of We Went Blues. You're listening to Barrett Jackman, uh, the former Blue, and uh, myself, Jeremy Rutherford of the Athletic St. Louis. And we just want to tell you a little bit about uh, the podcast because this is episode one. Uh, we don't want to be talking about scores and game recaps and tell you that the Blues have won five in a row. Though I'm sure uh, Barrett uh, will like it when he hears that the Blues have won five in a row. Uh, we want to bring you the stories. We want to go behind the scenes. I'm often in the locker room and I'm uh, at uh, rinks across the league and you run into a lot of people, whether it be a former blues or you run into agents or you run into uh, coaches and uh, we'll bring you those interviews. And also Barrett and I are going to hop on here uh, twice a week. We'll have a, a free episode on Mondays and then we'll have one that's on the athletic website on Fridays. And we want to bring you his experience. If if the Blues played the game a couple nights ago and, and there's a key play in the game, uh, we'll try to break it down and ask Barrett maybe what the defenseman uh, was thinking and, and, and how he uh, decided to make that decision on the play. You're going, so, you're going um, back to that one, JR? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell were you <laughs> thinking? You what the hell were you thinking, that mistake that you made? So, uh, so we're prepping for the show, uh, Barrett. Uh, we were talking a week or two ago, and uh, I said, what are some ideas, what are some stories that you recall uh, throughout your career that we could share on the podcast, maybe uh, some stories that people w- w- would think uh, are interesting. And so Barrett shoots me this email, and it says, growing up playing hockey, I'm like, okay, well, maybe there's something there. We can find out what was going, what going on with him, you know, growing up. Uh, junior B hockey, okay, now we're advancing in his career here. Maybe he's got some fun stories there. Uh, World Championships, Memorial Cup. So I don't have any stories here. He's just giving me topics, uh, tournaments that that we could talk about. Then at the very end of the list, I'm going to read this to you guys. This is what Barrett Jackman sends me. It says, uh, getting told by a a former Blues employee that I was embarrassing him and I was playing like a blank and showing the vets too much respect. So I went out after the ice clean and lined up against Big Walt Kachuk and he pulled my leg out from under me. I slashed him, and I tried to fight him. He pointed his stick at me and told me he wasn't going to drop his stick. Dallas Drake comes in to protect Kachuk. I feel terrible, and I just kicked the blank out of him. Uh, I had idolized him because he was uh, from the same area back in B.C., talking about uh, Dallas Drake there. 
After the scrimmage, Dallas Drake and a couple others, I'm sorry, uh, after the scrimmage, Doug Waite and a couple others were uh, ticked off at me and came looking for me in the hallway to fight me. You cannot, Barrett, you cannot drop a story like that at the end of all those other mundane things and just expect that to slide by me. What the heck happened here? Yeah, uh, well, Pat Janelle was, uh, so he, he passed away a few years ago, but uh, he was a great uh, uh, great scout. He, uh, he was around the Western Hockey League, uh, you know, pretty tough individual, and he, he, he coached and, and scouted for a long time, and he was uh, really good friends with, uh, with Bobby Plager. And uh, he drafted me. He was the one that uh, was scouting me in the Western League. And he came in and, uh, you know, he, he fought for me that uh, to, to get me drafted. And uh, so I think it was my second or third camp. And, you know, I've got to know the vets a little bit. And so I just kept, uh, you know, just kind of kept it clean during our, uh, our inter-squad games, our scrimmages. And uh, I think it was great uh, – Right after uh, the first half of the uh, the session, we had an ice clean, and as I was skating off the ice, he grabbed me almost by, forcefully by the shoulder, and he get over here. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, you know, yeah, Mr. Joe, what uh, what can I do for you? And he's like, well, quit playing like a a blank and and get out there and and uh, do something. You're embar- you're just embarrassing me. Made did I make the wrong choice? And so I I was just I didn't know what to do, so I went and. Uh, you know, laced up my skates again and got ready to go and, and went out there. And the first one that uh, I landed up against, it was Big Walt. And so, you know, I look at him like, okay, he's, he's not a guy that I'm going to fight, but I got to look for somebody. And then all of a sudden he pulled his, uh, he just kind of grabbed the, his stick in the inside of my leg and, and yanked it out. And I fell down and I got up and he was the first person I was going to hit. So I slashed him and told him to fight. And he's, yeah, he just kind of pointed the, uh, the toe of his stick basically at my throat and says, I'm not dropping this thing. <laughs> so, uh, Dally Drake came in to, uh, protect his, uh, his big brother there. And yeah, so I got the best of Dally, but Dally is a guy that, uh, is from my, uh, my area. I always watched him, uh, growing up and, and watching his career. So I had a lot of respect for him. I just, I felt terrible that he was a guy that, uh, you know, got the uh, the wrong end of uh, a tongue lashing from uh, Pat Janelle, and uh, yeah. But I went uh, after the game. I went into the uh, to the locker room, and you know, I got confronted by three guys, and Dougie Waite was one of them, and they were pissed off that uh, uh, that I ended up fighting Dally, and uh, and uh, kind of hurt him a little bit. So I remember coming to the uh, to the rink the next day, and and Joel pulled me aside, and he goes, "Hey, I I talked to those boys and." You know they respect what you're doing, and I told them that you just wanted to make the team, and you're going to be a great, uh, a great teammate, and he's going to be doing that for you. So uh, they kind of smoothed it over, and um, you know I'm really great friends with Dougie Waite and Dally Drake and all these guys, and uh, you know it uh, it was smoothed over very quickly. See, I love those stories, and those are the types of stories we want to bring to the listeners uh, with this podcast. We went blues. Uh, Bear, I don't know if you're familiar with this other one, uh, similar circumstance. Uh, Brendan Shanahan playing for the St. Louis Blues. He gets his 50 goals and his hundredth point in the game, and uh, he, he gets uh, he needs some stitches. So he goes in the back, and it's the last game of the regular season. So he thinks, uh, you know, I, I don't even know if I'm going to go back out. 
And I think it's uh, Kelly Chase and Mike Caruso who go in the room and tell him, hey, you know what? You need uh, just a few more penalty minutes to get to 200 on the year, and you'll become just the second player in NHL history, 50 goals, 100 points, 200 penalty minutes. He says, stitch me back up, give me my gloves. <laughs> I'm going back out there. And guess what he does? He goes out and picks a fight with uh, Walt Kachuk to get those penalty minutes. Uh, great stuff. Yeah, you know, sometimes uh, yeah, obviously players don't care about the stats, but if you can be a uh, a player that did something, and uh, you know, especially penalty minutes and and points, and show you're you're tough and you're skilled, it's uh, that's a pretty big uh, accomplishment. It actually happened to me uh, uh, when I was playing in the American League in Worcester. And, uh, I had I think two hundred and sixty something penalty minutes that year, and uh, I needed. Uh, I think I needed four penalty minutes in the last two games to uh, uh, to to get the the rookie penalty minute. Uh, Kevin Sawyer actually held it, uh, uh, or still holds it. Um, and we were playing Portland the last two games. We needed to win, I think, both to get into the uh, into the playoffs. And uh, I looked at the lineup, and they just uh, sent back Stephen Pete from the uh, from the NHL. They had uh, Rob Skurlock, and then they had another guy. Uh, think it might have been Tony Mohagen or or somebody else and I looked across and these guys are all six foot four 235 pounds I'm like yeah I think I'm just uh I'm good with second place on this list <laughs> that's great uh that's great so everybody knows about Bear Jackman's uh career and we'll hear stories like that uh throughout the season on this podcast um you know I, I'm not one to talk about myself but I think with this situation the two of us uh, doing the podcast, you know, for those of you who uh, aren't familiar, I cover the uh, Blues for the Athletic uh, St. Louis, and uh, I covered them for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch for about 12 or 13 seasons. That's when I really got to know uh, Barrett. Uh, I want to tell you this. Um, back in 2005, Barrett, when the Post-Dispatch came to me and said, uh, do you want to cover the St. Louis Blues? Now, I had grown up in St. Louis, but I had never played hockey. Uh, single mom working three jobs to send me to school, and we just didn't have the money uh, for the hockey. But I'm not going to turn it down, right? This is the hometown hockey team. I used to go to practices over at Brentwood. And uh, so I told him, yeah, but I didn't know a lot about hockey. And here's where you say, still don't. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I was just going to be nice to you the first episode. <laughs> I'll never forget... Um, it's a Blues Blackhawks game, and the score is just going back and forth. It's two to two, three to two, three to three, uh, all the way up till I think it was a six-five finish, uh, Blues win. And now the players, especially when you're playing Barrett, you guys can't, you know, understand or appreciate, nor should you really care about what we have to go through. Uh, but when the game ends, we have about 20 minutes to run downstairs and get some quotes and run those back up to our uh, laptops. Type in a few of your uh, comments. And get the story off to the editor. That's, that's how quick it, the turnaround is. And and so anyway, um, I go down after that Blues Blackhawks game, and I stick my microphone in, in Dallas Drake's face. There's probably ten microphones, and uh, he says that it was a pond hockey game. And <laughs> not growing up playing, uh, I race back up to my computer and I type in the word. Uh, it was a pond hockey game. P A W N, like it was a chess match back and forth. <laughs> and uh, all I can say is that the next morning, you got to show your face every day. I walk in the locker room, and Dallas Drake looks at me and goes, "You are an absolute idiot." <laughs> didn't even know what a <laughs> didn't even know what a pond hockey game was. You just said it was autocorrect, right? 
Right, right, right. I wish I, I don't know if autocorrect was around then, but uh, that's a good idea. I should have done that. Yeah. Um, well, I think so, a lot yeah. of the media members can just use the uh, generic quotes that uh, are always used uh, with, with most hockey players. Yeah, and I was going to ask you about that because, you know, I think things have changed over the years. Um, you know, I remember walking into the locker room and, you know, whether it be Dallas Drake, Doug Waite, Keith Kachuk, you know, yourself. Yeah, you guys, we weren't friends or buddies or anything like that. But you'd ask us how our wives or kids are, are doing. And, you know, when we asked you questions, um, you kind of gave thoughtful answers. And, and I was just curious. Uh, it seems like it's changed a lot from a media perspective. We go in there and it's a little bit more robotic. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that? I know you're not in the locker room a ton, but uh, does it seem like it's changed to you too? Um, yeah, a little bit. I, I I don't think there was as much media back then, and uh, you know, there's two or three guys in the Blues locker room uh, probably when you started, and you know, you had your uh, you know your radio, so you get some radio bites, you get uh, you know some stories that you get to write, but uh, lots of it was just about the game, and now there's so many different media outlets and. And people that are looking to uh, to dig, so it, it's hard to uh, to trust people and and be able to to be yourself and give honest answers because things are taken out of context. So I think a lot of that has to do with uh, you know the trust level and and just making sure that your words aren't aren't twisted because you know you, this day and age with media, if you if you say one thing and uh, you know one person, they might not even be a, a media member, and they they twist it and. All of a sudden, it's uh, you know it's out there, and, and you can't uh, you know even though you somebody says oh you know I was wrong you know it's old old news and and uh, you know it's just kind of protecting the the players. You're right, and a lot of times it's not just the media, but it's just the uh, you know social media and the way it is. I remember uh, when Colton Preco signed his contract extension, we kind of asked him, "Is there any big purchase that you're going to make? Are you excited about going out and buying something?" And he said, nah, you know, nothing really. And somebody said, how about a Ferrari? And he said, nah, probably something better than that. And he was just joking. Everybody standing there knew that he was joking. And so, but when you tweet it out and people are sitting in their cubicles or their, you know, their couch or whatever, uh, they read it, you know, it sounds like it comes across as a little different than it actually happened. So I think players are a little bit uh, leery of that, aren't they? Yeah, you know, and, and uh, as well, it comes with the job, and it's an unfortunate part that, uh, you know, even if you say something in the heat of the moment that you mean, or, or you say something that you, uh, uh, that just takes, uh, is taken out of context, like the uh, the Ferrari joke, and, um, you know, it's with you for a long time, so that's, uh, but, you know, there's so many, uh, you know, better things and, and great things about playing uh, professional sports, you'll, uh, you'll deal with, uh, with the small things like that. Yeah, I do remember uh, one time, though, being at a Cardinal baseball game, and this is one of the first times I remember seeing you outside of uh, the locker room, outside of what we were used to, uh, you know, being around each other, around Blues events. I'm sitting in a Cardinal game in the upper deck. I don't know why you had bad tickets, but um, I have a jersey on that had my last name on it, and uh, a little weird to be 30 years old at the time wearing a jersey, but uh, my mom bought it. I won't, me, so. won't ask what the number was. <laughs> so I'm wearing the uh, the jersey, and all of a sudden I hear, "Hey Rutherford, you suck! <laughs> hey Rutherford, you suck!" And so I'm thinking, okay, this is this is somebody I know. I'm thinking maybe it's a buddy from high school or something. Turn around, and it's number five, uh, Barrett Jackman. So the only thing I'm really going to take out of that story is I had uh, better seats than you because I had to turn around to, to hear you say it. 
Yeah, but you still had mustard and ketchup on your shirt, so that's uh, that's uh, that's a common theme. Oh, that's funny. Well, little did we know, Barrett, that uh, years later we'd be doing a podcast. Uh, we went blues, and we uh, we need to give people their the fans their their blues fix here. We're talking a lot about uh, the podcast and what we want it to be, and uh, how we got to this point, how we got to the name. Uh, but let's give them a little blues fix and, and talk about what's going on with the team. Uh, news today that Braden Shen has signed an eight-year contract extension, $52 million, 6.5 AAV. Looks like a pretty good deal for the Blues. We'll talk about uh, you know the term in a moment, uh, but getting uh, Braden Shen signed at 6.5, a pretty good deal. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's great timing too. Uh, you know, when you're going through contracts, it's it's tough, uh, especially when uh, you know you're with a team that you really love and you want to be with them, and you don't want to be a distraction. Uh, and you know they're going to be asking a lot of questions all year about Petro now, but uh, Shen he's short up for uh, for eight years. He knows he's going to be around. Uh, uh, so there, you know, you you got to get those things done. Uh, and and take away from those distractions but I think he's a good player at six and a half million um you know right now that's that's a pretty good deal and and you know in five years from now it might be an unbelievable deal and uh Shan's a big body that uh, plays well with uh uh with Schwartz and and Tarasenko and um so you you keep those guys together and you you have uh, one of the best lines in the league Takeaways from opening night. It was an emotional ceremony as the Blues raised their uh, Stanley Cup banner. Uh, we have a story up at the Athletic St. Louis about uh, who made that banner, a local company here in St. Louis called the Flag Loft. Uh, also, the, the work and the thought that went into that banner. A uh, good-looking banner, wasn't it? Oh, it was beautiful. Uh, I read your story, too, and uh, it's uh, it's amazing how much thought goes into uh, you know where to hang the banner, what material, and, and all that. And uh, uh, but yeah, it was a special night. Uh, it was uh, actually sat next to Johnny Wensick in the alumni suite, and uh, saw a lot of uh, you know Grant Fear was there, uh, Kelly Chase, and Brett Hall, and uh, but everybody was just uh, you know kind of reliving uh, uh, what happened in in June, and uh, the excitement came back, and I'd, you know watching those players on the ice, I'm sure. Uh, you know, it was kind of uh, before going out there. They were thinking, uh, "Let's let's play this game." But you could see the smiles on their faces when that banner went up, when that cup came uh, uh, out of the, uh, the Zamboni door. And yeah, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a distraction, but I'm I'm sure they're happy they went through it, and they'll they'll remember that for the rest of their lives. But uh, they were, uh, I think, happy to uh, start putting the uh, the cup behind and and you know looking forward to uh, making the uh, the playoffs and making another run for it. Uh, Barrett, Justin Falk made his Blues debut, the big trade uh, during training camp, Joel Edmondson to Carolina for Justin Falk. And kind of the news in camp was that uh, Falk is going to play with Alex Petrangelo, which moves Petrangelo over to his offside. Um, I don't know how closely you were able to, to watch the game the other night, but uh, what did you think of that pairing, and you think that could work? Yeah, I, I think uh, you know they haven't really played much together, and so chemistry is going to be an issue, just them uh, figuring out what uh, – you know the other guy likes and the comfort level and communication, but I thought it was great, uh, especially on that uh, power play goal by Petro. Uh, it seems like Savard is, uh, you know, going to have those two guys both as uh, as threats. I think Petro is a, a one-time threat on that left side is going to be uh, uh, is going to be better than him uh, being on the top and and uh, you know at a standstill trying to take that shot and Falk. Uh, 
you know, he can do it either way. He's uh, he's got a cannon. He's got some vision. So I think uh, you know what the the power play is going to bring with those two, and then uh, just regular strength. I think they uh, uh, you know look a little bit uh, shaky at times, but the entire team did. And but you know it's only going to get better from here. And uh, they were uh, they were pretty good uh, uh, to to start the uh, the night. Yeah, the one thing that Craig Bruby said, uh, I believe it was uh, yesterday, day before, about that pairing is that. Uh, Petrangelo's going to have a little tough time. Other teams breaking into the zone, coming across the blue line, and he's on that left side. That was the the spot where he looked the most awkward. Uh, Craig Burby thought, and yeah, I thought the the same as well. Yeah, it's uh, it, that's probably the biggest thing is is when you're on your offside. Uh, so Petro's got uh, uh, his top hand on his stick is his left. So he if he tries to sweep uh, the stick across, he's he's basically opened up. Uh, it, it's uh, if he could picture it, if if you know as a lefty, if you're you know guys coming down the left side, you're over there. You can easily move your hand back and forth and and keep your body position on the inside and and not be open up and be able to uh, to move either way with the player so it's going to be some adjustments it's uh you know the overcommitment is uh is uh the biggest thing but Petro's a smart uh good skater and uh a uh, great defender and i think he'll figure it out pretty quick sammy blay uh six hits took a shot from oshi and left the game for a little bit craig Bruby said he came back towards the end uh, also, uh, a lot of people talking about Colton Pareko not being on the power play, and, and one of the things that Craig Bruby pointed out was that he'd really like to have Pareko and Bomeister uh, ready to go, refreshed after the power play because they're going to take on the uh, opponent's top line. Uh, that's some pretty good planning on the coaching staff's part, right? When you got the, the luxury of all the guys they do on the power play to be able to hang on to a Pareko and have him ready to go next shift. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was noticing that too. Uh, yeah, the, those guys would come right out, you know, when you're on the uh, the uh, the power play and you're you're switching guys up, you got one guy here, one guy there, and, and your you know your your top uh, matchup unit is one guy's on the ice. It takes a couple shifts to get them back together, and and uh, so yeah, it, you know every team's going to throw their best line out uh, right after the uh, the penalty kill because they've been sitting there for two minutes straight, and so you want those two guys to be on the ice and. You know, I think uh, Colton's going to get his uh, his looks at at some point on the power play, but um, you know to have done on that one unit and then Petro and uh, Falk on the uh, the other one. You know, the shared minutes are, are going to be huge, and I think the first uh, you know quarter of the season too, just not to tire these guys out before uh, you know all the important games start is uh, is going to be a huge uh, management issue for uh, uh, for the coaches. Let's touch on uh, Jordan Bennington Barrett. Uh, he takes the overtime loss 3-2. Uh, one is a uh, Alex Ovechkin power play goal. You can never fault a goalie usually on Ovechkin power play goals. Another one I think was uh, redirected. It went off of uh, Steen. You know, a decent night uh, for Jordan Bennington. But what I want to ask you about with uh, Jordan Bennington is the bravado. Uh, you know, goalies are always weird. You know that. You probably could rattle off the names of a bunch of uh, weird goaltenders. Uh, but Jordan Bennington just has the confidence that you wouldn't expect from a guy who's breaking in the league. I don't know if you saw the comment I had. I tweeted the other day from Jordan Bennington. I said, hey, a lot of people still want to see it from you. They don't know if you're the real deal or not. And he said, yeah, you know, they're they're putting the gun on me. But uh, you know what? Uh, that's it. That, that it is what it is. And uh, I realize that it might not come right away this season. And, uh, you know, there's probably going to be some some rough patches. Uh, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take that gun and turn around and, and point it at, at them. And uh, so it's just not the type of stuff that we're used to hearing from a St. Louis goaltender. So it catches you a little bit off guard. But I'll tell you what, 
he has backed it up. He did all last year, and I'm just curious what the teammates in the locker room are saying. Obviously, they're not going to tell us uh, the truth when we interview them, but coming from a former player, when you heard uh, teammates talk like that, or you, in fact, hear Jordan Bennington uh, say those type, types of things, uh, what do you think? Well, probably when he first uh, you know joined the team and he, and he had that confidence, guys were uh, you know kind of waiting to see what he was going to do, and and but uh, he backed it up. And if you have a goaltender that has that personality and he's going to back it up and he's, he's not, uh, uh, you know, taking shots at his own teammates, then you're, you're fine with it. And uh, I know he was in a, you know, jumped into a core group of uh, Bortuzzo, Edmondson and Fabry. And, and those guys are loved by everybody on the team. So if he, uh, if he joined that, that uh, the friendship group uh, and, uh, played the way that he did and, and has some great sound bites, um, you know, you're, you're going to take it. And, you know, you see the guys uh, around the locker room uh, wearing the Do I Look Nervous t-shirts, and I'm sure there's going to be one with uh, uh, Bennington's face and a, and a gun pointed at you. So, uh, you know, the boys <laughs> love it. Uh, as long as you're backing it up and, and you're a team guy, then, uh, you know, personalities are always great in the locker room. All right, so what do you think the better chances are here? The better chances are of the Blues repeating or us coming back for uh, episode two? Ooh, um, <laughs> I like the Blues chances right now, but uh, you know we might double our uh, listeners from uh, your mom and my mom to uh, uh, you know maybe a grandma or something on there if they can figure out a computer. <laughs> we we hope so. We hope people keep listening. So the big news of the week is the Braden Shen contract extension, but uh, the Blues also played a game, finally, opening night. And it was a, an emotional night with the uh, the banner raising. Also, uh, we got to see the new pairing of uh, Alex Petrangelo and Justin Falk on the ice. Jordan Bennington is back as he tries to show everybody that uh, he's the real deal. Uh, Barrett, for Athletic subscribers, we've got an extended version of the podcast and uh, we'll get to all those topics. I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts on, on, uh, on those things. Yeah. If you enjoyed the podcast today, please uh, share with your friends. And uh, if you don't, then uh, yeah, don't uh, say that you listen to it, but uh, we really appreciate you listening and uh, uh, look forward to uh, next week. Looking forward to it for Barrett Jackman and Jeremy Rutherford. We went blues for an extended version coming up on the athletic.com.
Yeah, we'll dive deeper into, uh, you know, the chemistry of uh, uh, Petro and Falk and, and Bennington and, uh, you know, get a little insight of, uh, of what we, uh, we think of, uh, uh, of uh, the opening night ceremony. Nailed it. Yep. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. Nice. All right. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Yeah.